the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. From the reading today uh, in the epistle, I want to make a few observations and then talk about St. Barbara and St. John of Damascus and what they, uh, what examples they are for us today in this life. So from the epistle of St. Paul to the Galatians, he says this very important uh, statement that I think we kind of know in our head, but we need to allow it to penetrate into our hearts. We need to live here. We have put on Christ in our baptism. Those who are baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So is that where you live? Is that where you live? Or out in this world with all the anxieties and all the stuff out there? Or do we live in Christ? He says, you're heirs of the eternal promise. You will live together with God, the Blessed Mother, all the angels, and all the saints. That's a promise. Do you live in that promise? Are you encouraged by that promise every day? The eternal promise that yours is the kingdom of heaven. And that in this kingdom you are called sons and daughters. You know, we we love this, you know, we take pride things of this life. And you look at all the superstars, you know, I want to know them. I want to have some kind of relationship with them. Uh, it was really interesting, uh, just as a sidelight, uh, you know, my brother, Chris, um, he was younger than me, two years younger than me, and everybody knew him as Kurt Spire's brother. And then he started playing professional baseball. And guess what? Then I, become, I became Chris Spire's brother. But it was an honor. It was an honor to have that name. But that's not the honor that we're looking for. The honor is that we are adopted sons and daughters of God. You're a daughter of Christ. You're a member of the kingdom. You have put on Christ. That's where we are to live. If we don't live there, we'll we'll just get kind of gobbled up by the stuff of this life. It'll it'll just take us. It blows us left and right, up and down. So let us look at two great saints that lived here. They put on Christ. They lived in that. They knew they were heirs of the eternal promise, and they knew and lived as sons and daughters of the Most High God. So St. Barbara, I think of the scripture when I think of her life, ask and it will be given, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened. Her life is a very beautiful life. She was a young maiden whose father uh, decided to kind of lock her up so that she wouldn't be taken by the world, and so she built a nice little room for her, locked her up in a room, and was, was then in search 
for a husband for her. Uh, but he didn't want her to go out. Well, one day, uh, she, it was a very nice room, and in the room there was one beautiful window so she could look out. And she looked outside many times and knew by just looking out that there was a God that created all this. And that God, that she desired desperately for a relationship with this God. She was seeking. She was asking. She was knocking. And she went out one day and uh, ran into a group of Christian people and was converted to the faith and knew this was the God that she was seeing in nature. She saw this. That's what she seeked. That's what she asked for. That's what she knocked on. All became hers because of her great desire to know God, to live in this, this life of, with God. And sadly, uh, that conversion angered her father to the point that he was the one that martyred her. Very sad, very sad in that way. But glorious in the way that she would not recant her faith, even before the governors and before many tortures. Uh, but she stood her ground because she put on Christ, because she understood the eternal promise, because she was an adopted daughter of God. That was what drove her. That's, that's what drove her. Um, very beautiful story of her life. So, what then is that to us? What do we see in this? You know, the Advent prayer is, Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, abide in me. You know, we say this a lot, and we understand this. God is with us. Say that with me. God is with us. Say it again. God is with us. Then be with him. Then be with him. We say it like it's some kind of thing, you know. God is with us. No, God is with us. We have put on Christ. Be with God. It's such an important aspect of who we are as Christian people. To be with God, to allow that to be our reference point. To allow that to be where we operate from, that governs our thoughts, that governs our words, that governs our deeds. That putting on Christ, that living in Him, Him being that center pin of our life, that's where we, we, we step out from there. You know, we say in Psalm 50, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. This should be our prayer all the time. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Draw me in this direction. You know, um, this idea of asking and seeking, uh, I thanks be to God because he knew of my great weakness. I had a wonderful conversion experience back in when I was 23 years old. And that was, I really felt the presence of God in me. And, and the moment before that, I didn't. And I just turned to him. I said, I, I felt he was like right there saying, um, do you want to come to me? Do you want me? There wasn't 
audible words, but there was this sense of God being present there, and I needed to respond to that. And when I did, it changed me. So I went home and declared to my wife, who had already been very dear with, being, had a dear, dear relationship with God, I went out to my beautiful wife and said, Sweetheart, I have found God, and I, and I am now uh, back in the Christian faith. And she said, in her very wonderful way, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, that's probably right. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> well, here we are. Do you believe it now? But all that was was seeking. I was seeking. I was asking. I was knocking. What is the truth? I want to know the truth. I want to know God. And he came to me and I responded. What I'm encouraging you to do is respond to one. Seek this. Seek a deep relationship with God. Seek it with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Don't relent on this. And if you have a relationship, make, seek it to be deeper. This is what this, this is about to us. This Advent season is about. So that we draw near to God and dwell in union with God. So that's our effort. And that's the, that's the witness of St. Barbara for us. So through her prayers. Uh, St. John of Damascus, uh, he was an 8th century saint who defended icon, the icons against the uh, iconoclasts, the ones that were uh, saying that icons were uh, a blasphemy. Uh, they had been in the church for centuries, uh, and there was a group of people that were kind of trying to blast them out. He stood very much against them um, and uh, prevailed with the help of God and, and many others in the church. Um, he was a, uh, lived in a dominated Muslim country in Damascus, but he was the second to the caliph. He became the number two, kind of like, uh, like Joseph, you know, uh, kind of the number two person to the caliph. But somebody defamed, said he wrote a letter to defame, forged a letter, and, and said St. John wrote this letter to defame the caliph and so the caliph cut off his right hand, so he couldn't write anymore. And so St. John <laughs> took off his head covering, wrapped, the, put the hand back on, wrapped it, went to bed, and prayed to the mother of God. And when he woke up, the hand was back on. And the caliph repented and said, no, you come back and work with me. He said, no, I want to go to the monastery. So he went to St. Zava Monastery under a very difficult elder, uh, but maintained an incredible obedience to this elder, even in the most serious of circumstances. Um, a couple of stories. One, you know, he was, because he was the number two man, he was very renowned in Damascus. And so one of the stories of St. John was that the, the elder said, I want you to go back into the city where you were like really popular but now you're going to go and sell baskets. But he made him sell the baskets at an enormous price where well, nobody would buy them. 
So everybody would come by and laugh at him. So he goes in obedience, and he goes there and is being laughed at the whole time, and finally somebody recognizes him and says, you are, you're John, who were second to the caliph. He says, you did a big favor for me. You helped me in a very difficult time. I will buy all the baskets at the price you're asking. So he was relieved. He's just a little blessing. And so John had a, a difficult life in, in, in the uh, monastery because his elder was very severe with him. Uh, but he maintained this incredible obedience and grew in his spirituality in that he wrote hymns for the church. Our funeral hymns are written by St. John. The Paschal Canons written by St. John. Many things we do in this parish, in, in, in our church today, are still from his beautiful hands and beautiful heart. A great theologian. So he stood in this place uh, in adversity to become the great saint that he was for us. So uh, for us, what's the example for us? To stand firm in adversity. You know, in Romans it says that tribulation builds perseverance. Perseverance builds character. Character brings hope. And in that we find the love of God. Tribulation builds perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character builds hope. So this beautiful thing. So for us, you know, I was reading um, from St. John of Kronstadt. He says, do not fear the conflict. Do not flee it. There is no struggle. There's no virtue. Where there's no struggle, there's no virtue. Where faith and love are not tested, it's not possible to be sure they are really present. They are proved and revealed in adversity. Remember, we were talking the other, yesterday at the monastery, and Mother said, St. John across that said uh, that um, if you struggle, you're a victim. Are you struggling a little bit? You're a victor. Keep struggling. Don't stop struggling. So this for us. Be, be persistent in adversity. Don't walk away from it. Lean a bit into it. So in this, I just want to share a story of my son, Kevin. My courageous son, Kevin. It's a difficult thing to see, you know, when your son is going through very difficult times and, and for physical adversity especially. But there's a, I've had some beautiful moments with him uh, over this time. We were the, there the other day. And um, just so you see kind of how we are to respond when things are difficult. And I said to him, I said, how's, how's your prayer life? <laughs> like, what a dumb question that was, you know. I said, how are, how are you praying? He said, you know, because of all the medicines, my mind just can't focus. But I find myself crossing myself all the time. And my prayer is, Lord, have mercy. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? That it just it cross, 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 cross all the time, crossing myself. 
my pain, cross myself. You know, this cross myself. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. To be that focused on God in the middle of all this, this is such a beautiful thing. It, you know, and, and we go, so your life ain't that tough. We have to understand that we can do this. This is how we're to act as Christian people. That in the toughest times, we say, Lord, have mercy. In the toughest times, we say, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We turn to God. And that perseverance builds hope. And that hope connects us with the love of God. We need to understand that the, the tribulation is the beginning of a journey. The beginning of a journey where we will find ways to persevere with the help of God. Where we will find opportunities to build great virtue. We will find hope and we will be touched by that love of God. So may the examples of St. John, the examples of St. Barbara, be with us through their prayers. Lord Jesus Christ, our God, have mercy on us and save us. Amen.